you see why I did those studies? Yes. With no radiation and with radiation. And the thing that you're describing me, I, I mean, I did the studies, but it's exactly the same thing. When you give a break to your body, when your body uh, tries to restore, it will restore. Hi, everyone. Drew Prode here, host of the Broken Brain Podcast. Today, we're talking all things EMR and EMF with Dr. Carlos Ritter, electromagnetic radiation and electromagnetic frequencies. Before you dismiss this podcast, first understand this. Did you know the World Health Organization has listed cell phone radiation, specifically EMF and EMR, as which comes from cell phones, but can come from a lot of other things too, as a class 2B carcinogen because of its ability to damage our DNA. Now, we're not trying to work people up or fear monger over here. Our goal is actually to take a realistic approach to EMF and EMR, which we're exposed to not just from our cell phones, we're exposed to from heated blankets, we're exposed to uh, things being plugged into our outlets right next to our bed by having our laptop and our devices directly on our body. So there's a lot of things besides cell phone radiation that are causing extreme exposure to EMF and EMR. And if we understand that, then we can take the precautionary principle approach to protecting our body, especially at night. Why at night? At night is when our body goes into deep DNA repair. Our brain also goes into deep DNA repair. So if we can minimize, if we can minimize our exposure to EMF and EMR at night, the data seems to suggest that we are going to be able to protect our body better at repairing our DNA, which is important for a whole host of things as you'll see in today's podcast. Now you can't do an episode on EMF and EMR without touching on the fact that there's this conspiracy going around that 5G is the cause of the coronavirus. Now, every expert I talk to that I look up to that truly understands the space, every functional medicine doctor, naturopathic doctor, PhD that I've talked to that I really trust and look up to really has helped me understand a lot of other people that that is just a conspiracy theory. And the problem with just saying, oh, 5G is causing the coronavirus, which again is not true, is that we miss the larger important point about protecting our bodies from other exposure to EMF and EMR. For most people in the world, because 5G isn't around everywhere, we're being exposed to all sorts of household items like faulty electricity in our buildings or having our laptop directly on our body, that is giving you much more exposure to EMF and EMR than anything else that's there. So it's not that we shouldn't pay attention to 5G. It's not that we shouldn't ask questions about it. I have my own questions that are there. But to chalk it up and say that 5G is causing the coronavirus is like crazy. And for anybody who doesn't know about this, this is one of the biggest challenges that YouTube, Facebook, Google, you know, Instagram are dealing with is that there's all these conspiracy theories and misinformation about 5G. Again, I'm not saying I don't have my questions about 5G, but the conversation is so much deeper and so much more important. And the coronavirus, let alone any other disease, is not caused by one single insult or one single thing. Anyways, I think that that rant is important because I do see a lot of misinformation that's out there. And more importantly, we wanna bring you real information to help you understand what the data actually shows. So that's what we're gonna do in today's podcast with Dr. Carlos Ritter. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Here we go. 
Welcome to the Broken Brain Podcast, where we dive deep into the topics of neuroplasticity, epigenetics, mindfulness, functional medicine, and mindset, all with the goal of helping you understand how your brain is not broken. I'm your host, Drew Perot, and each week my team and I bring on a new guest who we think can help you improve your brain health, feel better, and live more. This week's guest is Dr. Carlos Ritter. Dr. Carlos Ritter completed his medical training in Mexico City and continued his specialty in pediatrics and pediatric neurology at the National Institute of Pediatrics in Mexico City. Additionally, he has a background in studying physics, quantum mechanics, and sleep medicine at Stanford and Yale's online continuing education programs. For nearly 15 years, Dr. Carlos Ritter has passionately pursued the quest to actively mitigate the effects of electromagnetic radiation. He's the CEO of EMF Nights based in Austin, Texas. Dr. Ritter, welcome to the Broken Brain Podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to have you on the podcast because we had you in our docu-series, Broken Brain 2. Yes. And you talked about the work that you did for a dear friend of mine, JP. Yes, that's right. And his wife. That's right. In Austin to help them mitigate the risks of EMF from both outside the house and inside the house too. And there's a lot of questions, and we were chatting about this earlier. There is a groundswell of interest in EMF and EMF uh, voltage, electromagnetic voltage, especially now with 5G coming. Yeah. But as I also shared with you in this long intro, I'll get to the question in a second. (laughs) As I also shared with you, we've so far not done episodes on this topic. It comes up organically from some of the other individuals, but we haven't done a full episode with one expert because we really want somebody who knows what they're talking about. And you were in LA. I will thank you so much. And yeah. so we wanted you on. So thank you for being here. No, thank you for inviting me. I'm, it's a pleasure for me. So let's start off from there. Give us a little bit of your background in education. Yeah. And why is a medical doctor interested in this topic of electromagnetic frequencies and electromagnetic radiation? So I start just like a regular doctor. I escalate and I start studying a little bit more. I, I, I have to say this really fast. Uh, when I was just a medical doctor, I believe everything that they taught me in med school, I was going to be able to cure people. That was my passion. Once that I started studying a little bit more, I started questioning the system. The system actually was not giving me whatever I, I signed for. It wasn't giving the, me all the tools for the yeah, people that you were seeing today. That's right. Prescribing medications now is not my thing. So um, I start studying and try to go and find out what is the cause of the problems, why there's more diseases. How's possible that we cannot cure? Being a neurologist, it was amazing, but it was a little bit frustrating because neurologists, we actually don't cure absolutely anything. I remember that they promised me, hey, there's one type of epilepsy, idiopathic epilepsy, that you can cure, we can cure. Every neurology in the world, that's what they claim. We can cure ep- uh, idiopathic epilepsy. When I graduate and I start following all my patients, I ac- accumulate a lot of those. And I remember telling the parents, hey, don't worry. Whatever your son has, whatever your daughter has, is curable. We're going to be able to not have neurologists anymore, not have pills, EEGs. But it turns out that it didn't happen. That is when, when I start asking why. What is the problem that we have that we cannot cure people? And it's and, not that you're saying that you're anti-medication or these other no, things. No, it's no, just no. that for the modern tools and the chronic diseases that people are experiencing today, 
medicine only is able to get so far in the traditional training that you That's have. right. So we need to focus on what is the cause of the problem. If we don't actually aim to the cause of the problem, I can give you as many pills as you want, as many prescriptions, but they're not going to address the problem of that, that situation. And that's what I start to see. Uh, I mean, I'm going to make it short, but uh, we start discovering that there was a toxin out there. We didn't understand it uh, really good. For but, these patients that had this particular type yes. of epilepsy. Well, now a little bit more You're broadly. You're going wider beyond yeah. these patients. Chronic patients. There was a toxin that it was destroying the electric systems of the human body. The heart, the brain, the immune system works with electricity. That is the difference between being alive and being dead. Electricity in our bodies that makes our neurons uh, communicate with themselves. Our heart is maker to pump blood, to activate this immune system. So we start discovering, hey, there was a toxin messing with this electric systems of the body. And can I pause you there for yeah. one second? How did you discover? Like what is it was the, a, how did yeah. that even come up? Were you using some sort of instrument measuring tool? Like how did you even it, discover that? It was that? All, all the things. First, um, the, the number of patients that we have, uh, following all the protocols that we have, we start seeing, uh, I'm a neurologist, a pediatric neurologist. So whatever we see is sleep, stage two of sleep, it was very slow in the EEG. That was the first, the okay, first thing. So first thing was the disruption in the sleep. Yes. And you're like, okay, why is this disruption happening? That's this right. shouldn't be happening. That's right. Why is it all the, the patients that we have, not just mine, cardiology patients, immunological patients, they have something in common. They don't restore when they sleep. It's so sad that we didn't know. I was a neurologist and we didn't know exactly why do we sleep? Right. We sleep, well, right now it's really easy to, to answer that question. We sleep because we need to restore. But I want people to, to imagine a cell. Inside of the cell, we have a lot of structures. We have organelles in there. We have DNA. We have enzymes. These enzymes, these organelles, they wear out as anything in the world. Anything like we they wear can out. see. In they the, wear out. They have yeah. a lifespan and everything like That's that. That's right. And they need repair. They need to be repaired. And your brain also, we've done a couple episodes where we talk about the glymphatic system. Yeah. Um, and then your brain has its own detoxification process where at night when we shut down and we That's sleep, right. we that need repair to, process We need happening. to activate a lot of biochemical pathways. I, will, I wanted to say like this, uh, right now we're awake and we can multitask. It's easy for us to multitask. I mean, the, the difficulty of whatever we're doing inside biochemical speaking is, is we can actually share different things. But when we're restoring, we can't. It sounds really weird, but uh, we cannot be awake and asleep at the same time because we need to focus all biochemical pathways to activate restoration pathways. And anybody who's eaten a meal really late at night or has had a bad hangover from drinking too much <laughs> knows that when the body is in sort of detox detoxification mode, trying to get alcohol out, or it's in digestion mode because you had a great meal, your sleep is disrupted and you don't feel That's good right. the next day. That's right. Yeah. So going back to these patients, you were seeing that you said phase two, was it phase it's two? Stage two stage of stage sleep. Two. So give us the stages of sleep just for yeah. a little bit of background so that our listeners can follow. We have two main stages, REM, rapid eye movement stage, 
and non-REM. And we're going to subdivide non-REM in three, one, two, three. Mm -hmm. So um, me and my team, we're, we're, me and my team and a lot of different scientists around the world, this is very specific. We start discovering, hey, slow waves during stage two is the common denominator that every patient has, mm. no matter what chronic illness have. So that's why, that's how we start all this journey. And so one more question, because yeah. there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> yeah. My apologies for interrupting. I'm super no, don't excited worry, don't about worry. this topic. So what year was this about? Like how oh many years goodness. ago? This is, uh, I'm not so sure, but this is, this is probably 2006, I guess. So 2006, yeah. Mexico City. Yeah. I'll, you know, probably I got my first cell phone when I was like 1998. Okay. So what was it? Was it the hospital? You know, like when you started, I'm jumping yeah. ahead a little bit to yeah. what you guys found, but obviously, you know, the topic of this podcast, you know, we're going to get into EMFs. Yeah. Back in 2006 in Mexico City, you know, what do you, what was the causing disruption? Yeah. So, um, the thing is that we start tying now to uh, receptors, voltage-gated channel receptors. So they're, they're imply in all this sleep uh, thing that we were just talking about a few minutes ago. Um, turns out that we start discovering, discovering, and whenever I said that, is a lot of reports in the, in the, the public medical uh, journals, uh, we just we just start paying attention more to the ones that talk about electricity, electricity being um, um, these channels being disrupted in all these chronic illnesses. Mm. So that's how we start tying it. It was a it was a difficult task because you have to put a lot of pieces of the puzzle together. Right. So the thing that started off was seeing that in that stage two. Yeah the patients, all patients were having a disruption in their sleep. Yes. Something was going on. And at the same time, the curiosity led to more reading yes. and looking up and you started to see in these medical journals from around the world yeah. that there's starting to be some questioning That's about right. the impact of voltage. Voltage uh, channel, uh, gated voltage channel receptors. And that's when we start tying all the things together. Hey, um, there's gotta be a toxin. We didn't understand if this toxin, it was in the water, it was in the food, it was in the soil, it was in the air, but it has to be a toxin that acts as an electric toxin. Uh, we didn't understand back in those days because being a biologist, being a neurologist, uh, pediatrician, is being a biologist. You don't know anything about the laws of physics. Um, laws of physics are the ones that uh, tell you how electric fields are going to behave. So um, we didn't understand a lot back in those days, uh, but we point out the problem should be in a toxin that is acting as a as a electric toxin because it's interfering with That's the right. cells. With the cells. Now, did you know at that time that it was interfering with the cells? Or you just no, had the hypothesis. Yeah, we have we have that hypothesis, but again, we weren't the the right people to. Look into uh, that specifically. Yeah, being just a biologist. Right. That is why I decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to stop and I'm, I decide to study physics. It took me four years to study physics, quantum mechanics, particle physics, and heliophysics. Because whatever I wanted to do is I wanted to merge these two worlds, biology and physics, the laws, the rules, everything in this world. By understanding now how... Uh, electric uh, 
electric waves, electricity works, electric behaves, then I can put it, I, I can tie it with what is what I was witnessing inside of the cells. What happened with this uh, gated voltage channels? So that's why I. I so there was like still that. a hypothesis, but you didn't know what the actual source of the toxin was. That's that right. So that set you on a journey and a quest. Yes, that's right. So in that process of studying, and you did these certificates at different uh, institutions, yeah. which is an opportunity for, for people to continue the education and learn from some of the brightest minds that are out there. Uh, amazing. It's amazing. Though. Yeah, yeah, which is incredible because yeah. you don't have to go to have a four year, you know, four year undergraduate. And that means that all of a sudden you understand that yeah. you're just trying to find the information to connect the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Is yeah, basically that's where right. We're approaching from. So where did that take you to next? Well, did you leave Mexico city? Yeah, I, I did. I had to leave Mexico city and come to the United States and uh, keep putting all this puzzle again together, read a lot of articles. I tried to read articles from the biology point of view. Now, when I said biology, I, I read really specific things about one part of, of a receptor and try to put all those puzzles together again, all those pieces together. Try to read one specific thing about quantum mechanics and try to put them all together again. So it took me a long time. It took me four years to do that. But at the end of the day, the answer was this. We are using the air as a conduit to... Uh, broadcast signals. These signals are electric and magnetic signals. There's a problem in there. These signals are invisible. Like if I tell somebody, hey, could you see the signals of Wi-Fi? We can't because they're invisible to our naked eyes. Like bacteria back in the... Kind of the... Kind like of like back that. in the day, people would say, oh, these bacteria, you, you have to wash your hands before you operate on these patients. And doctors would say... You're crazy. That has nothing to do with anything. If I don't see it, it, I don't it doesn't see it as exist. Real. Yeah. But the thing is, just because we don't see it, it doesn't mean that it's not there. So and is we're sharing the same air with them. Wi-Fi, I'm, I'm not sharing here. But um, uh, when we have, we're in a room with Wi-Fi, we're in there. We're not machines. We're not uh, cell phones that can pick the signal and act in one way. We're flesh and bones. So the first question that we have back in those days, again, once that we start putting all these pieces together is, do we as humans, do we absorb those things, uh, those electric and magnetic waves? They're here in the air. Do we absorb them? But the answer is yes, we do. And, and I'm gonna step forward, but I think there's a pivotal part in the conversation is that this isn't just theory. The World Health Organization has classified EMFs as a two, type 2B carcinogen. Yeah, that's right. So, And maybe in the future it'll be escalated, but we know now the same way that uh, cigarettes can be a carcinogen. That's right. And obviously cigarettes have way more research on them, but that took a long time to get there. That's Even right. though we had the research, it was a long time before we started taking policy, public action and saying maybe kids and pregnant women shouldn't be smoking cigarettes. <laughs> it doesn't and we're sound sort of right, in a right? similar place right now with EMFs. We do know that there is some disruption that's there. That's right. So uh, researching again, it led me to see what has been done in the past. It's going to be shocking, whatever I'm going to say. But I found a book, a chapter of a book that was written in 1957. 
by Professor uh, Sh uh, Sh um, um Oh my goodness! I just it'll come back. To you. Don't it worry. Will, you it can will. continue. <laughs> and if it doesn't, Professor we'll... Professor Schwann. Schwann. So yeah, a physicist that came to the states to solve a problem, and he described how humans absorb electric and magnetic fields. Mm. So we have knowledge since 1957. Let me tell you that it's a book that is really dense. A lot of formulas, a lot of physics in there. It took me three years to read. Do you remember the title? Oh, yeah. It's, it, it is actually Electromagnetic. Um, um, it's, um, it's, It'll come back to you. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry. you know. It's Biological Effect of Electromagnetic Fields. It's a handbook. Yes. <laughs> so that's how they publish it. Of course, the one that, that he did in 1957, it's a little bit difficult to find right now. I sure. have it. <laughs> um but it, it took me three years to read that book uh, and to try to understand all the concepts that he discovered back in 1957. Mm. So we know since a long time the electromagnetic fields in humans don't go together. Probably not a lot of people read those kind of literature and sure. probably not a lot of people understand the whole uh, meaning of that. But um, the publications are already there. So that was what I did. I tried to read as much as possible, try to understand and try to make sense. How's possible that we're getting sicker and sicker? And how's possible that I used to give some treatments and those treatments work in some way, but the same treatments, they don't work right now. So what is, what is the problem that we have in there? Well, again, that led me to try to understand the behavior of these electromagnetic fields, which is more complex, is way complex, more than whatever everybody thinks. Right, there's yeah. so many uh, parts to unravel here. So let's start off with the basics now. We're gonna pause on your story. When we talk about electromagnetic, field, electromagnetic fields, what, how, when you describe it to people, yeah. the term is known, people know, but they don't always know exactly That's what it right. is. So yeah. how do you describe it? So it, it's actually not just one thing. It's a thing that now we have to divide in three different areas because the waves behave completely different in the, in the environment and they have different biological effects. So we can just put it like low frequencies, electricity. Electricity by itself is gonna be is gonna behave completely different than high frequencies. Okay, so the voltage. We're in my studio in Santa Monica, so this is an old building, nineteen twelve, <laughs> which means okay. that the volt, you know, the electricity, everything, <laughs> and the wiring is probably not the best. But basically, through the walls, we have a bunch of wires that go yeah. to these outlets. That's low frequency. Those are the low frequencies. Okay, great. And so you were saying power lines, power outside, lines yeah. outside your window or house that's or right. other places, or if your home is next to sometimes those big transponders that's that you see right. in different the, neighborhoods, the transformers, yeah, the transformers. Sorry, yeah. transponders shows how much I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's low frequency. That does low frequency. Okay, great. And now high frequency. It's it's what we use for communications. Yeah. Cell phones they communicate with with higher frequencies than than electricity. Yeah. So they're gonna behave completely different. But now we have a sub part of that low frequency, Tra load transient responses. People know that as a dirty electricity. Dirty electricity. Yeah, that's right. And that's from the that is 
from the load that you put, every time that you connect something in the outlets, you're creating a response in the cable, mm -hmm. a response of that electric field that at the end of the day is harmful as well in a different way than just the low frequency by itself. That is why we classify those things now in three different categories. Low transient response, low frequencies, they're kind of together, but not really. They have different biological effects and high frequencies where communications is now and 5G will be as well. Right. So let's jump back into your story. As you're starting to reading and putting these pieces of the puzzle together, one of the things that you came across is understanding how EMFs, right? And I want you to break it down into maybe which category could potentially damage and break DNA yeah. inside the body. Yeah. So how did you come to that understanding? Well, that is an amazing work by different uh, uh, people in the nuclear medicine field. In the year 2000, I guess it, is, it was the first one that it was published. Uh, some, uh, some doctors in Toronto, and, and I'm actually, I shouldn't say Toronto, in Canada, I don't, I don't know exactly the city, <laughs> I don't remember right now. But they publish that energy by itself can break DNA. And uh, they are the ones that start doing this correlation with energy. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. Uh, it could be nuclear radiation. Right, as we is, know from like, you know, nuclear Chernobyl, accidents, yeah. Chernobyl, the HBO Fukushima, series that a lot of people right. watch. Or also... <laughs> astronauts yeah right a astronauts cosmic race a cosmic rays and the twin study that nasa did that's right they looked at the effects of space what they're really looking at is of course there's so many factors that are there but one of the things is exposure to radiation yeah imagine the international space station is actually in a safe zone is underneath the banalian rings the banalian rings are rings of electromagnetic fields made by the earth that protects the earth from those cosmic rays right so they're right underneath but even if they're underneath the amount of radiation cosmic radiation is higher than the amount of radiation here yeah even that's why we, they did this study we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast but also too when we fly yeah, in the right. air separate from wi-fi which we'll get to in cell phones that people have in their pockets there's also just from being at a higher part of the atmosphere, it magnifies. There's some ex extra exposure to the thing radiation. is when we're not grounded, the fields magnified. When you're that high in, in altitude, those those fields are now times a number because times the 60. atmosphere is protecting us. Uh, um, no, it's just because the way that they have to behave when they cannot have a potential to ground. That is why they've magnified. Okay. If I yeah. got it, so so let's go back to uh, EMFs and DNA. Yeah, as okay. one example. Yeah. So you were saying that there was some researchers in Canada. They had published that energy can break DNA. It doesn't matter where that energy is coming from. That's right. How did that connection go further for you? Yeah. So again, we try to understand what is this uh, electric and magnetic fields. Well, it turns out that it behaves like two different things. If we see from the quantum point of view, very, very little, they're going to behave as a particle. So imagine the... The, the radiation. Yes, the radiation. Imagine, particle, yeah. imagine one electron. In one electron is, is part of an atom. 
and it's so tiny that you cannot see it. But um, imagine one electron just being uh, shoot to something uh, if you apply energy. That is what they describe. If we apply energy to a particle that is so small, it's going to go through some objects. It's In this have case, momentum. That's right. In this case, they said, hey, can this electron, if we apply some energy, can go through DNA? Well, it turns out that it can. So it's the same way that we've known that x-rays that's right, right. can damage, which is why that's everybody right. who's gone for a dental x-ray knows <laughs> they put you know, lead, uh, that, that exactly. lead production on you. So you can protect yourself a little bit. So whatever they discover, well, a few different uh, scientists, they discovered that 30 electron volts have the potential to break DNA. 30 electron volts. Yes. So, of course, it's not going to be in one time that it hits that DNA. But uh, if we have the uh, Wi-Fi in here, I mean, I'm just going to use the, the example yeah, yeah, of Wi-Fi. Imagine we're exposed to Wi-Fi 24 hours a day. So if I try to break, what is the energy that they have? I'm not going to do it right now, but I'm just going to say five, whatever five that is, five electron volts probably. Um, it's five every time that I'm sending one electron. So how many electrons can I send in one second? Oh, maybe I can send a million. So it's five times millions per second. So whatever we have to see is that we are now accelerating electrons in time. Maybe they don't carry as much energy as some people will say, ionizing radiation, nuclear radiation. Sure. But whatever we're doing is we're exposing. It's a longer term exposure. So just to summarize what you said there, so I got it for myself and for the audience, Okay, we understand the impact of nuclear radiation yeah. or x-rays and the radiation that's there. So some people say, okay, we know that's harmful. We take protections against that. And it's a very small exposure to it. So we put up with it for the you know cost benefit. Yeah. In some cases, we're also questioning that when it comes to mammograms, for yeah. example, <laughs> is a mammogram every year for women. Now there's questionings on whether that's a recommendation. That's right. right. So even in that field, we're questioning. But even though the dosage from a cell phone, from Wi-Fi, from cellular towers, from 5G, which is now starting, which yeah. is at towers that are at a different frequency at the ground level yeah. in neighborhoods and schools and homes and office buildings, they're shooting out particles. That's right. We have 24-hour exposure because everybody lives where there's Wi-Fi yeah, right. and cell phones and other <laughs> things. Right. So the question is, is that even if that particle doesn't hit your DNA in one moment, it misses it, it has 24 hours, 365 days a year for 100 years or 80 years or 120 years of your lifetime to try to damage you. So it's going to do some damage. One calculation that we had, and this is just a calculation, is that a healthy human has to be exposed 20 years to this type of energy. Um, to have some damage, irreparable damage, like a chronic illness. But the thing is that now we have more, uh, the cumulative effect. So that, that projection, it was uh, 20 years. You, you, if you're exposed 20 years to this, you're going to have an effect. Well, the thing is that now we're exposing more. Um, that is 
a healthy human when you're exposed only to one source. Right. Now that we have how many cell phones we have around us, how many cell phone towers, whatever they're doing is they're increasing and the laptops density. laptops and all the other That's things right. that, that do that. So, so, so the industry will say, and, um, and most industry published studies on this say, there's nothing to worry about. It's all under a certain thing. And they'll say that a short-term exposure for a healthy human for a short period of time is not causing anything that we can see that's there, right? But they're not imagining the cumulative. They're wrong when they say it. Yes, and we'll, we'll dig into that. <laughs> but now, even if they're, we're right even with that. Even if they're right. It's the cumulative effect that's right. of all the frequencies that are now That's right. Up. Let me say just one little example. Please. Now, for me now, it's very important the background that we have. Let's imagine that um, I was born in my first eight years of life. I was living underneath power lines. This big structure that carries 750,000 volts. Maybe I didn't see a lot of symptoms uh, uh, for living in underneath those power lines. But that's part of my life now. That is a cumulative effect that I carry. Now that I get exposed to more things, that one makes a, makes a huge difference. Whatever I'm trying to say is, imagine that now I live with my wife in the same house. We're exposed pretty much to the same things. But my background and her background is it's completely different. different. It's almost like a child. We've done a lot of episodes on gut health. Okay. A child that's been given excessive amount of antibiotics. Yeah. And been given antibiotics for even viral treatments, which was very common and still kind of a little bit out there. You know, there's yeah. a lot of doctors that are still, okay, the parent wants something. Let me just give them an antibiotic. So we know that can decimate the gut. That's right. We can't see it. Yeah. But then people's digestion is off. They have food sensitivities, other issues that are out there. It's also in the food. They're feeding chickens antibiotics. That's right. So we get exposure through that. There's antibiotics in the cleaning products that we spray every there. So all that cumulative effect, even when you're young and you're resilient and your body's building, okay, maybe you didn't future. see something there, but then now you're an adult, you're married, your partner didn't go through that. That's right. But you have this, this basically this, uh, I would this say it's body trauma. Yeah. This advantage now. DNA trauma. Export. Yeah. So exposed. now even a smaller dose for some people can or what would be considered normal, quote unquote, for anybody that's just listening on the audio, normal, yeah. what is really normal, it could significantly impact one yeah. person and maybe not the other person the same yeah. way. And it, this goes now to sleep medicine. Um, sleep, what is the purpose of sleep we were talking about? The purpose of sleeping is so you can res restore, so you can repair the damage that you have. Each cell has DNA because each cell has to repair the damage that it individually has. So um, it turns out that EMFs, electromagnetic fields, and this goes to the beginning of my research, start destroying as well uh, restoration pathways. So the activation of these pathways, they are extremely big and, and complex. They start having uh, some uh, some not activation problems. It's like so part of the DNA is damaged, like a wrecking ball. If somebody imagines a building and there's a tiny wrecking ball and that wrecking ball slams into the building, great, okay, over and over. maybe the building isn't knocked down, but the window is out now. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's and right. then next time it's like the second floor is out and then yeah. the door breaks down and then this happens. So 
every it, time that dysfunction happens, the DNA, DNA yeah, in the cell can't do its suffers. job. Imagine now that, okay, we still have restoration pathways for that window that you just mentioned. Uh, but the more that you repair it, the more damage, the more errors you're going to have. Mm. That is one thing that we have. We repair DNA and eventually we're going to have one error. What is cancer? Cancer is nothing else but mutations. And that is one thing that we didn't understand before. We thought, oh yeah, you have this DNA damage, this mutation. This mutation is not because you were born like that. Right. Over the time, you have DNA damage. Mm -hmm. You try to repair it. At the end of the day, you accumulate some, some mutations because those errors. And now you have this mutation that actually is, is showing this type of cancer. Right. The, the previous understanding used to be that, okay, cancer is purely genetic. Somebody had it or didn't have it. And now we know that more than 75%, 80% of cancers are lifestyle related. Yeah. And even that, it might go even further more I lifestyle will, as the research continues. I think that now we have to reclassify all chronic illnesses, uh, putting in the, in the equation EMFs. One thing that we did is we classify uh, illnesses without having this understanding that we're exposed every day to something that it can break your DNA, that it can break your enzymes. So we classify things in one way, then now, in my opinion, we need to reclassify them because we live now in this, this world with a lot of radiation, man-made radiation that we have. So fast forward in your story to the part where you were like, you felt like the, and you're still learning. You're still yeah. always out there. You're educating yourself. You're going to different conferences, meeting with different doctors, researchers. But when that puzzle first came together for you yeah. and those lights went on, that light bulb went on for <laughs> you, what was that? When was that? And what realization? It, it was, uh, yeah, it was the, uh, a few years ago. <laughs> and uh, um, the first thing that I have to say uh, that I have to prove is, Hey, if electromagnetic fields, are causing a problem, and of course, I'm a neurologist, a sleep medicine guy, whatever I have to prove is, what if I take away radiation from people? Right. So whatever I did at the beginning, and I accumulate around like 2,000 studies, is uh, when, when a patient came to my office the first time, whatever I did is just the story about the, the symptoms, etc., exploration, but I tried to have always an electroencephalogram in a sleep study as the the basic, the basic uh, of what happened when you came to my office so I can compare later. Well, eventually, whatever I did is I tried to take away electromagnetic fields before that I even do anything else. So I take electroencephalograms, so I shield houses. Um, back in those days, I didn't shield as as well as I do it now, because I didn't know that much, but uh, just taking away a few things, electricity, the first one. And uh, this was in the US. Yeah, this is still in Mexico. Oh, still yeah. in Mexico. So I, I came to the US and then I went back to Mexico, mm -hmm. now with a sleep center to do research. Got it. The reason why we did it like that is because it was easier and it was a lot cheaper to do the research. Sure, of in course, there. of course. So, um, it was a, a, a U.S. funded project, but we did it over there in yep. Mexico. So whatever we did is we shield houses. Um, 
And sometimes we only took away, hey, I want your Wi-Fi off. I want every cell phone off. I want the electricity off in your house. And I'm going to take EEGs every three months and the sleep studies every year. And I wanted to see what is the, what is, how is going to change your brain? How is going to change your, your sleeping pattern when you don't have those, uh, those toxins? Yep. And it was incredible. Wow. That's why actually it made me study more and it made me make EMFs the main central point of my career now. And when you say it was incredible, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, you were talking about that stage two sleep. Yeah. So what did you actually well, see? Not just that stage two. But yes, tell us. It was everything. REM sleep. Uh, REM is when we dream. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that we actually discover is that if you fraction REM, we have to go through stages, through cycles during the night. Let me just say it like that. I don't want to lose uh, the audience in this, but you're starting to get sleepy. We have a theory in there. Let me just say it. Um, the theory is that when each, it's a theory that is going to be impossible to, to prove, I guess, because of the technology that we have. But it's but a theory right now. It's a theory. When every cell in your body reaches 8% of destruction, destruction of DNA, enzymes, lipids, etc., it's going to send a signal to the brain saying, hey, you know what? It's time for us to get restoration. So that's when we start getting sleepy. It's a theory, but it's a theory that actually it makes a lot of sense. Why do we get sleepy? Because your body is telling uh, the brain, we are reaching our point of destruction. We need for repair. today. We need repair. So you start um, the sleeping uh, process and going back to stage number one, stage number two, stage number three, stage REM. REM is when we, when we dream. And um, one thing that we discovered is that if this, if this REM stage is fractured, we start having mental problems mm. that at the end of the day, when you're restored without being exposed to radiation at night, this REM sleep doesn't get fraction. So that is that was fascinating. It's not Incredible. just that. And, and, and as an ex, you know, couple examples that I'll share. Past podcast guests know that we've had uh, past podcast listeners. Current podcast listeners know that we've had past <laughs> guests talk about like David Perlmutter okay. saying that even you know one or two nights like not having sleep like has impact on our a brain lot. and can yeah. build up amyloid plaque on yeah. another extreme example. Yeah. We know that for instance, in Santa Monica here in Los Angeles, we have a lot of homeless individuals that are yeah. here. It's a big problem and the city's trying to put a lot of attention onto it and solve it. We know that when people are chronically are homeless for quite some time and chronically don't get sleep, yeah. that that's part of the deterioration that goes that's into right. their mental capacity. Yeah. Actually, I should say that it's the first symptoms that we start seeing lack of restoration during sleep and then you know oh they're going to develop something some chronic illnesses of course like i was saying before your background counts a lot not everybody's going to develop the exact same symptoms the exact same illnesses but the back background now makes a huge difference between uh, um, those patients going back to whatever you just mentioned about dr uh, permuton um in some point the enzyme it was just an alpha, uh, it was cutting 
one protein in an alpha way, then a switch to cut it in a gamma way that is Alzheimer. Those are the plaques that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So our question it was, why a switch? Why if one day it was cutting in an alpha way, now it's cutting in a gamma way? So what was the problem? Is those mutations. Mm. Those mutations that now make the same enzyme with a little variation that now has an error in there. And, and some doctors in functional medicine believe that mutations are cells part of their survival mechanism. A cells, well, there, there's different theories that like, why would, it, why would we develop a cancer or this? Like, why would there be a mutation? There's damage, but it's trying to survive or respond to the environment that's out there. And if the environment is toxic, it has to do something about it. If, if you allow me just to say in Please. there, I guess that the body is so smart yes. that we have actually backups to prevent damage and we have backups to backups to backups. Um, the cell at the end of the day, when it knows that it's totally damaged and uh, it probably is going to spread diseases, it, it has an auto-destruction button. Yeah, <laughs> self-destruction. Yeah. So the problem with radiation is that it destroys that self-destruction pathway. Wow. So now you have a cell that has been destroyed inside, a lot of mutations, but it cannot destroy themselves. It's like so, a cell that's gone crazy wrong, yeah. and can't actually like shut itself off. That's right. Or has a pathogen yeah. and can't stop itself from exposing everybody else around it. That's right. I was talking with some um, oncologists a few years ago, and uh, they wanted to kill uh, uh, cancer cells. Whatever I just raised in there is those cancer cells, they were normal cells one day before. Right. And they're asking for help. So whatever we have to do is we have to restore that restoration pathway of this patient, this patient with cancer. Just because we can just uh, get chemotherapy to these patients, radiotherapy, that should be it. Those patients should restore. We shouldn't keep exposing those patients to electromagnetic fields. So those cells can help you and probably they can have this self-destruction button again. Right, and so much of the new research that's having, we have a, a episode coming up on cancer just already aired with uh, a researcher named Dr. Uh, Ralph Moss who... Um, who talks about like the really the next wave of, of our understanding in cancer is all focused on how do we support your body's own That's immune right. system That's right. to stay strong and what evidence-based treatments both on Western, Eastern, functional medicine are actually worth it and which ones should we stay away from based on each individual patient so we don't you know, destroy the immune system in the process That's of trying right. to save the patient. That's right. It sounds very logical, right? It's very logical. So it's a whole different day, approach. And that's right. At the end of the day, the human body is, is amazing as long as we don't have toxins destroying it. So there's so much to get to here, but I really want to deliver the main value okay. in prioritization. So I'm going to jump out of your story and continue off this idea of sleep. Perfect. So to recap, you know, you went back to Mexico, you were doing some research down there and these sleep studies, seeing how much patients improved by removing EMF exposure in that period of time. Yeah. And when, when you came out of that, there was the realization and part of your work is helping people really understand that, look, EMFs are there. 
they're going to be around if you're going to live in modern society. Yeah. They're there. You can't freak out because yeah. stress is actually the number one toxin. <laughs> That's, That's right. There. But we can do something. And actually, the first thing that you recommend people do is prioritize removing that exposure when we're sleeping at That's night right. in That's our own right. home for everybody listening today who's like, well, we can't do anything. 5G's coming and I work in an office and it has Wi-Fi. The most important thing to, for us to understand is that we have to prioritize reducing exposure at night when we sleep because that's the repair process that you were that's talking right. about. That's right. So tell us, how do we do that? What's the beginning so, steps of reducing that exposure? Let me, let me start a story with my actually house, my house. Please. And uh, yeah, I have to balance, right? I have to be exposed to radiation because I have to work every day, right? And I have to go and have meetings and they're going to have Wi-Fi and they're going to have uh, cell phones. So there's no way that I can just not be exposed unless I live in a cave and I don't see anybody, right? But that's not going to happen. But whatever I decide is, what if actually I'm getting exposure in the morning? Of course, I'm going to try to lower my exposure, but I get exposed to zero. It's impossible to have zero exposure. But whenever I say it's zero, the lowest amount of radiation man-made electromagnetic radiation possible during the night when I'm sleeping. Right. Would that make a difference? It does make a huge, huge difference for so many reasons. One, I stop my exposure at one moment in, in, during the day. So I'm giving a relief to my body by not being exposed more. The second is I give a break to my restoration biochemical pathways. If I sleep over time, I have to say, I did develop insomnia. I don't know, so many years in the hospital, being exposed to so much radiation, I developed insomnia. And whatever I did, aside, I'm a sleep medicine doctor, so I never took any sleep, sleeping pills. <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever I did is I tried to clear my sleeping space completely. It did, took me two years, but now I'm a guy who doesn't have insomnia anymore. Uh, I repair my insomnia, if I can say it like that. Um, but how? By giving my uh, a break to my, my whole body during the most important hours of the day. But at, at the end of the day, yeah. Um, if we try to uh, um, take away all those sources at night, one thing that we have to do is we need to, to have a real assessment of what is the situation in my house. Right. Every house is going to be completely different from each other. Every room in the house is going to be totally different. Why? Because wave ricochet inside the house. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to measure. Right. And measuring it turns out that is one of the most problematic things. Why? Because um, everybody can go and buy some meters. Right. There's EMF meters. You could buy them on yeah. Amazon and other aspects yeah. that are there. And you can get them shipped to you. Yeah. And and that's some information, but tell us why it may not be the complete information. Because um, meters, meters, actually, meters can trick you. Let's say like that. I have one meter in here. And if I only measure one wave, let's suppose this wave is coming from the south. And this wave measures five. Whenever it reaches my meter, yeah, it's going to give me a correct answer. It's going to say five in here. But there's a problem. When we have two waves colliding to each other in one point, they're going to trick my meter. 
the example is going to be. I have this wave measuring five, and then I have this wave measuring five. Whenever they, they reach my meter, my meter should say 10. But probably my meter, most of the time, the meter is going to say zero because they cancel each other. Mm. So meters can be tricked because frequencies are so similar that they can cancel what we call interference. So if you have one meter and you go to a place and you said, oh, there's not so much radiation in here. Let's be careful. There's no, there's the meter is actually measuring something that probably is not real. Whatever I'm trying to say is that, yes, we do have to use meters yes we have to use a lot of different meters because we need to put just one piece of the puzzle together right and 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 just a little plug for what you do because i want to yeah. just talk about it we talked about it in our broken brain docuseries that's actually what you guys do you go yeah. in with a bunch of meters you're going to do it actually this weekend uh, at my place well. that's right because i'm very curious i think there was a new 5g tower that just okay. got installed <laughs> in my neighborhood and also to uh we had been talking kelly who's also in the uh, studio over here we've been talking about uh, electric cars, yeah. right? And like the that's voltage right. that's around that. So we have some curiosity, uh, but really, you know what I need? I have a request. Yeah. The challenge is, and you know, to get to your point here, cause we have a few things to cover is that just getting a meter on Amazon is not enough. So even if yeah, somebody's looked at that, or even sometimes there's different groups that are out there in different areas, if they haven't really looked into this, it's very difficult to get an accurate reading that's there. Yes. And really my request is this, is that we need a standardization and a certification that's program. Right. If I need something from you, it's that we need more you. That's right. We need right. more you in different areas because you guys are in Austin and you do this and you fly yeah. around all around the US. If anybody's interested, just a little plug, you guys can go to EMF Nights and it's in the show notes. But what we really need is we need more people like you that are out there. So when are you going to create a certification we're, program? That we're you... trying. We're trying <laughs> as, as hard as we can. So, yeah, we have to measure houses with electricity, without electricity, so we can have two things to compare. You need a baseline. Yes, we Just do. like with uh, mercury, if a functional medicine doctor is testing the mercury in your body, they do two tests. They do a baseline That's urine right. test. And then they do another one through a chelation. That's right. To see, because mercury is lipophilic, it's in the fat cells, it gets stored in the bones, in the body, and they wanna see how much of that do you actually have stored. Because part of your other point, you know, I really got from, after we interviewed you for our docuseries, I really came away with two strong takeaways. The first takeaway was the emphasis on focusing on DNA repair and protecting yeah. our brain and our body at night. The second emphasis is that EMFs are just one thing. And right now it's great that everybody's concerned because of 5G. Yeah. But also if you have bad wiring in your house, I know. that's dirty electricity. That could even be more exposure. Even if somebody says, I don't live nearby any cell phone towers, I'm in the woods or whatever it might be. If you have faulty electricity in your house, that's also another version of exposure that's out that's there. That's right. So yeah. when you look at these meters and you use this triangulation, all these devices, are you using a bunch of meters to look at all those different components? Yes, all of them. I, I even measure nuclear radiation because I have to give the, the exact number of how many electron volts you have in your room. We just mentioned if 30 electron volts break the unit, I want to know how many electron volts you have in your house whenever you sleep. And, so, and let's go back to that number 30. Right? Yeah. You talked about those researchers that said that 30 volts, electron uh, volts, electron volts is enough to damage DNA. When you go out there, you've done hundreds of houses. Yeah. 
give us an idea or a baseline. Everybody's different, and sometimes somebody lives next to a transformer, or sometimes yeah, this is going on. How much higher are most people's it, homes? It is so sad, but I found the average in Austin. I measure more, most of the houses is in Austin, Texas. Yes, um, it's twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred is the average that's yes. out there, and this is continuous throughout the continuous. day. Continuous. Continuous exposure. Twenty four hours a day. 365 days wow so if 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 we just go back a little bit and we said the human body is amazing and it has backups to backups to backups you have to destroy all those backups to backups to backups in order to see all the illnesses that we have right now and it explained this so if we're exposed to 2500 kind of uh, electron volts uh, every day in our houses. The house is, is supposed to be the place where you're protected, where no, you don't invite any unwanted guests. Toxins should be one of those. So, and that's what I found. Again, uh, measuring is so difficult, but my job is to have two sets of measurements, and now my work starts from there. Because I have to run so many equations to ask to answer questions like this. Which frequencies are leaking in this house? I need to know the frequencies. Right. I've seen I, you go and measure houses. You go, you get those measurements, and then you gotta process the data. Uh, yeah, that's it's right. It's not like you have an immediate you have to analyze some, the whole thing. You have thing. some answers, like, okay, we're getting a lot of voltage from this wall or other stuff, but you have to analyze it. I all. try not to because it's tricky. It's once tricky. That, once that you analyze the numbers. You could be wrong by inferring that, oh, yeah, this is wrong. You can be wrong. So I decide not to tell anything <laughs> until I have the whole numbers analyzed. You're going to people's homes and they're looking at your face. They're <laughs> yeah. like, is he freaking out? Yeah. Is he not freaking out? Okay, so I want to pause on that side because we measuring is very important and it's not, yeah. it's kind of an art and science right now until yeah. a new standard gets taught. It's also yeah. like mold. Yeah. People always say like, hey, can I just, I had my house tested for mold. It's like, well, if they were a realtor mold service, they're not incentivized to look for mold. Yeah. They're not looking at an ERMI test. They're looking at often it's visual inspection. They're not opening up drywall. They're not looking at the particulates of the dust on the ground yeah. and then sending it to a lab and saying, okay, what are the different types of mold? Cause not every mold is bad yeah, for right. you. Some that's are bad right. for you. So people say, oh, I had my house looked at mold, but I still think I'm having symptoms that are common with mold. It's like, well, you got to do the proper testing. Yeah. It sucks right now because I wish that Somebody could find somebody like you in their town everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's not there, right. but one day, that's why we're doing this podcast is we're trying yeah. to raise the alarm. We're trying yep. to say this is something Please that we need. Please come and study whatever we have right now. And can people study with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the idea. Do you yeah. like train yeah, you know, I, practitioners I, or electricians or other people that are out there? All, who are all of them. I'm trying to train people to go measure. I'm trying to, to train people to remediate houses. Got it. Uh, I'm training uh, realtors. I'm training uh, builders. And so if people are interested, they go to emfnights.com. Yeah. And we have a link in the show notes and they can come and find and, you over there. And call will, Kelly Jones. Yes, She's Kelly, the who's in the office. Shout out to <laughs> yeah. Kelly, uh, who made this interview happen. So, okay, I want to go back to the room. Because yeah. measuring and finding the right person is so important. It's not it about is. just getting a device. And it's there's a lot more mechanics that go into it than just one reading from one machine. 
but let's give our audience some value. Yeah. Let's tell them what they can do today if the number one focus is to prioritize sleep yeah. so that our body gets as least exposure. Give us a few things today that we can do to immediately, even if we don't have access or one day we will get access to somebody like yeah. you, what can we do today to reduce that exposure? I'm gonna say it like the way that I told my kids. I have teenagers yes. Yes. and people say that they're the hard-headed <laughs> in this world. Uh, they're not actually. When you explain things, they have a reason why to do things. So one thing that I told my kids is, you're sleeping. Do you really need to use your cell phone when you're sleeping? Maybe not. So would it kill you to put on an airplane mode when you're sleeping? It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. You and can I feel have like that's starting phone. to get out there more. There's yeah. a lot more people that are starting to understand right. that maybe I shouldn't keep I had a friend for years and he's vegan too and he's okay. all into his health and everything. He would take his cell phone, he would just put it right under his pillow. I know. And he would sleep on that. Yeah. He said he doesn't always wake up. So when the alarm is right there, it forces him to wake up. And I'm like, bro, we don't need to you know, yeah. do that. So the first thing is, let's put our phone on airplane let's, mode. Let's put the things that we don't need in airplane mode or unplug them. Yes. I asked in my your wife. Bedroom. Anything in your that's bedroom. not yeah, that's needed right. to be plugged in. Because as you were saying earlier, anything that's plugged in yeah. where that plug is meeting the the uh the socket yeah there's an opportunity for dirty electricity to come and out for electric fields yeah yes yeah okay so even anything that's there we can unplug yeah um do we need lamps next to our beds well people will think that they do i've been living without lamps for nine years now we really don't need them mm -hmm. so whatever i try to do is yeah try to take away every distraction electronic distraction that we can have in our in a in a sleeping location out of there and shut it. Yeah. A lot of people will say, hey, I cannot live without a cell phone. Or if something happened to my family, they need to reach me. Well, um, we can leave one cell phone far away of the sleeping locations and um and have only one instead of having 10 cell phones on the whole entire night because sometimes what happens now and we'll get to this next one which is wi-fi there's always a conundrum for people who are in the know right it's like yeah. do i put my phone on airplane mode but i leave wi-fi on because now most of these phones they have yeah, wi-fi calling yeah so the cell phone signal is off but they have wi-fi calling but depending on where your right wi-fi router is in your house or in your bedroom you're getting exposure from that too. Yeah. So what's better? <laughs> and we don't know because you have to measure each house. Well, but in I, general, yeah. if you have to get some calls because some people are physicians or doctors or other stuff or they're worried about that whole case scenario, what if my family calls in the middle of the I night? Know. Should you go on airplane mode and leave your Wi-Fi router on the, or should you keep your cell phone on and keep it far away? The Wi-Fi router should be as far away as possible from the bed locations. Got it. Um, and, and if we put them far away, the cell phone is more destructive. So cell phone is more destructive Yes, because there's always that balance. You're trying to figure it out. Even yeah. I think about this. cell phone is more right? destructive. Cell yeah. phone is much more destructive. So Wi-Fi router, get it as far away from you as possible yeah. and put your phone in airplane mode. And if you have Wi-Fi calling enabled on your iPhone, you could still get calls. Now, let me tell what I did with my kids again. Yes. Uh, I'm kind of crazy about radiation and yeah. everybody knows my, my kids' friends, uh, the parents of my kids' friends, yeah. they know that in my house, cell phones are not allowed. 
whatever I did is I hardwired my house. Okay. And they can have the cell phone in airplane mode, but plugging into the Ethernet so they have those uh, capabilities to So have. how do you plug an iPhone into the Ethernet? You need an adapter, right? Yeah, and they sell it. They sell it in all online stores. Okay, got it. Yeah, they do. And they work amazingly. Yeah, they're probably faster. Than yeah, that. a lot faster. Yeah. Plug-in. So you have kids walking around the house <laughs> yeah. plugged in. Yeah, with a so long cable. With long they, cable. They just sit down. You know, yeah. this If you kid. ever see a long cable in the bathroom, then you That's know your right. kid's on the phone in the bathroom. That's right. Okay, so... so for Wi-Fi, in addition to putting it far away, so we've already talked about airplane mode. We've mm -hmm. already talked about the prioritization of the cell phone as the most destructive, yeah, so we need to keep is. that away. So when it comes to Wi-Fi, besides putting it far away, anything else, like sometimes there's devices that you can put on top of your Wi-Fi to like limit. Do any of that stuff work? No, they don't work. Again, it's the laws of physics will tell us exactly what it works and what doesn't work. Right. When somebody tells you, oh, this is going to block the radiation, it does. Okay, so I'm just going to pause yeah. here for a second. So for our listeners, for our viewers that are watching on YouTube, you can see here and for our audience that's on podcast, which is the majority of you, you can just follow along. So I have a product now yeah. that is called by a company called, I don't want to put them on blast, but I want to have an open and honest dialogue. Yeah. There's a company called Safe Sleeve, and they're one of many. Yeah. So they have a device that is blocking that they say is a, um, a cover that I've been using for a while that blocks the front of the phone when you people are using not a plugged in earphones. Yeah. Do these help at all? Because yeah. they say that they measure them and they do show less exposure, but do they work? Do they not work? What are your thoughts? R radiation, radiation is going to go through and it's going to go around. Yeah. So, so just cause it's not coming from the front face doesn't mean yeah. that it's not going off the side. Yes. But is this better than nothing? It is better than nothing. Okay, great. Because it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to use one that is fabric and the material is, is what it makes the difference. Right. I like to use one that has five different metals. Is there a company that you love out there that you uh, want to Well, we're trying to, to okay, bring to companies in there. Yeah. Great, great. But yeah, it, it, it is a little bit better. It's tricky because when you tell people that actually it's a little bit better, it's kind of like if they hear, oh, he's giving me a license to use it. No. So the it's best still, thing, so let's pause there for a yeah. second. So you're not in your home. Let's say you can't be on airplane mode. You're out there in the world and you have to take a call. What's yeah. the best way to be able to take your call and do your business, but also limit the exposure to the radiation from the phone? Yeah, I, I will say this, this sleep with, with, uh, it has to have two different But metals. you got to give us a brand. I There's know. listeners that are the, listening. The thing, is, the thing is, we don't have one right now anymore. We're, we're so, actually... So, okay, you don't have that. One day, you, you know what? You got to make it. You can't talk yeah. about it unless you make I it know. and then come back on the podcast we're, we're, and talk about it. We're working on that and so I in the promise meantime, you. For, for anything else out there, is there a brand that's good enough or is there another way? Do you recommend, okay, don't hold the phone to your ear and instead just use plugged yeah, in headphones. That, that would be that alone. Best. Yeah. That alone is better. Use it like that. Than having it next to your ear. And I will tell people, try not to use your cell phone for everything mm -hmm. uh, because it's radiating in a huge amount. Um, one thing that I do is I do have a cell phone. I have this sleeve that I'm telling you that I'm going to come back to your show and, sure. and tell you more about that yeah. one so people can have it. But um, uh, whatever I do is I limit my use of that. The other thing that I have is I have my laptop. 
I have my laptop in airplane mode, my house is completely shielded. So I use everything in airplane mode with Ethernet. So I expose, I, I have the same technology that everybody else have. Yeah, probably I don't have it everywhere in my house because I have to be confined to some locations. Right. But that won't kill me. The reality is that sure. when you balance, hey, would you stay in here but not be exposed to so much radiation? I'll take it. And you have faster internet because it's ethernet and you don't get exposed that much. Right. And also just zooming out big picture, it's very difficult to maybe, you can minimize the exposure during the day, yes. but really the priority is at night. Yes, that's right. right. So that's let's right. come back to that because we want to give the audience, you know, takeaways that can get yeah. there. The story was so compelling. Your background, you really explained things well. I want to acknowledge oh, you for you. that. Thank, thank you, so you much. for making it digestible. So we talked about moving the cell phone. We talked about moving the Wi-Fi away yeah. and that maybe be skeptical of devices that are out there until the A literature bit, yeah. or people that that you, you know, maybe trusted resources come out. So let me ask you another question. Yeah. Can you, some, you know, homes have, um, uh, um, what's that box, the, the, that where you can turn different. Oh yeah. The, the switches, the, the switches. switch box. Yeah. yeah. Switch box. Is it, I've seen some people say that I just go and I just turn off all the yeah, electricity. That's, can that's, you do that? Yeah, you can do that. To the master switch box yeah. in your apartment or home. If you wanted to, there's like little things on there that say bedroom or yeah. other areas, and you can turn Usually it off. Usually they're wrong. Usually they're wrong label. But the wrong label. Because that's what I measure too. Sure. Um, but again, could you theoretically turn off all the electricity oh, yeah. in the home? Let me say what I do in my house again. Yes. My house is shielded. I didn't build that house, so I would take care of those things so you don't have to turn off the, the electricity if we build the house from scratch. But I didn't build that house. So yeah, whatever I do is every night I leave the AC on and the and the fridge on. Mm -hmm. The rest of the house, I go, I told my kids, hey, it's already 9, 10. Well, it goes to sometimes midnight. <laughs> I have teenagers, so everybody understand you. and they live with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, but it's a say in the house, hey, electricity is off and electricity is off. So we're, we're going to sleep. And we turn off all the switches except the AC. I live in Texas, so... Yes, it gets very uh, hot. You know what we really need is yeah. another thing for you to work on. All right, I'm going to give you a list of companies. We have it. I think that I know where you're going. An off switch for the house. We have it already. One switch that just turns off yeah. everything non-essential. Yeah. So, okay, so let me ask you a question. You have yeah. it already. You can go and install this in people's homes. That's right. That's right. Got it. I, I, I want to tell people a lot of different solutions. This solution that we're talking about right now, it will cost zero dollars. What? The off switch? The off switch. Them doing it or them, them installing doing it? an off no, switch? No, the them, them going every night and turn yeah. off the switch. It's just inconvenient, it's, but it's but the real question is now that you understand that it's 30 electric voltage, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. And we're and the average homes that you're looking at is 250, then it's like, okay, let's, if it we can do it, to think you're about interested it. in this topic, yeah. you know, yeah. it's worth doing. So, yeah, it will cost you zero dollars. This is important for us because not everything has to, to make you spend money. Yeah. And I want people to And not to everything do has things. to be measured, too. Like, sometimes functional yeah. medicine doctors say, look, you maybe not, don't have the money yeah. to go and work with a functional doctor because it's not covered by insurance right yeah. now, right? Obviously, you know, Dr. Hyman's working on that and yeah. the Cleveland Clinic project that they have out there. Um, but we know now that 
chances are you have exposure. Yeah. So if you just go to the solution, yeah, which is, let's say, for instance, if you're eating processed foods, we don't need to do all the tests on you to that's tell you right. that that's bad for you. That's right. We can just say, okay, <laughs> maybe let's eat a whole food diet. That's right. <laughs> and let's figure out what foods don't necessarily work and for you, it will but help just going and doing 100% it. A hundred percent of the time. Great. Yeah. So that's a the cheap, same The same here and yes. thing in here. If you go in at night again, it, it, my house is like this. We have lanterns. And Kelly's house has is the same. We have lanterns. <laughs> if you have to go somewhere when you already turn off the electricity, yeah. it's kind of like if we live in the 1700s. Yeah. But it does feel different <laughs> when you turn off the electricity. It's yeah. quiet. It's quiet. It's quiet. You know, sometimes you don't even hear that little buzz. That's right. Anybody that you don't even camping. know that it's there until you don't hear it. <laughs> One of my friends, uh, Metabolic Mike. His name is Mike. And he has a show called Metabolic Mike, a podcast okay. that's out there. It'd be good for you to do his podcast okay. in the future. He says, uh, you know, he was making this series of Instagram stories saying that uh, he had been camping for the first time. And I think it was a while. Okay. And then when he was camping out there and sleeping, he's really big into like uh, mouth taping. Okay. Right. Because a lot of people now breathe through their mouth at night, which also causes a mild form of sleep apnea instead of breathing through your nose. Okay. And he said, I went camping and I, for after a while and I went sleeping outside, I had the best sleep That's ever. Great. Anybody that knows it slept outside or gone camping. I went to Kenya with a group of friends Okay. and we went to this elephant sanctuary and they set up these tents out there and there's wild elephants at night that are out there. So you're a little afraid. You're like, are they okay. going to step on me? And they're like, no, they're not going <laughs> to step on you. But I slept in this tent with no Wi-Fi, no cell phone towers. We're in the remote area in Kenya, in this area called like Namanyak, Northern Kenya, about an hour flight from Nairobi. I slept so amazingly well. Do you see why I did those studies? Yes. With no radiation or with radiation? And the thing that you're describing me, I, I mean, I did the studies, but it's exactly the same thing. When you give a break to your body, when your body uh, tries to restore, it will restore. I think another thing too, and yeah. this is not the topic that you want to go into, but also another common form of toxins is that affects sleep at night is particulates, dust, and from off-gassing from couches and other things. And when you're sleeping out in the fresh air at night, you have the fresh fresh air that's, that's right that's so right additionally i also recommend people have an air filter yeah <laughs> because the indoor air can sometimes but be they cannot plug it in in their room so oh wow <laughs> right, now we have right. a conundrum there you go shoot so yeah. okay let me ask you an honest question yeah so i noticed for me an air filter makes a significant difference okay so should i run an extension cord? yeah or, or try to put it in the entrance of your room Try to put it, it's, it's going to filtrate and now the air is going to be there. Got so it. it doesn't have to be inside. Here I'm trying room. to make people healthier. Uh, yeah. And then you're throwing <laughs> in another mix if it can't be plugged into the room. Yeah. But you know, these are all the things that we're trying to learn. Yeah. I think the big thing is that if we just made buildings from scratch and that, homes from scratch, that's the future. Yeah. Right. And Austin is happening. I'm so glad about Austin because builders are learning that oh, radiation is a thing. And um, customers, of course, customers ask for this. So we're building houses. Yeah, my friend JP, we're, who you helped, yeah, that's he's right. a builder. Yeah, that's right. right? He creates, uh, I think he owns some retirement homes and then his, or something like that, or and he has apartment complexes and other yeah, things. Yeah, that's right. And that's he got he into this because he yeah. noticed his own health was being affected. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, new builders, um, we know the 5G is coming. Yes. So um, we can put different layers now if we build a house from scratch. Sometimes try to fix a house and put all these implementations, it's very costly. Yeah. But if we do it from the very beginning, 
oh, right. we can do marvelous things. And I want to mention one other thing. You know, one thing that people say, well, why would these companies, if all the data is out there and all the information, why isn't the government paying attention? And I think that the first thing to understand, I don't remember the exact legislation, but some of the standards that regulate this space haven't been updated since 1970. I, I don't like to get in politics again because I get so passionate. But uh, but yeah, is that true? It is true. It, it is, is true. true. There's so many interests out there. And, and interest, interest. Yeah, like different companies and that. Yeah, sort of thing. they 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 have so much to lose when we implemented all these things that they don't want it to make it. And big, it's a little bit kind of yeah. like uh, you know. There, there's a really great podcast that I'll link to. It came out in 2005. Okay. It was done by the number, like one of the most top podcasts in the world. And it's also a radio show. It's called This American Life. Okay. It's hosted out of Chicago by a host named Ira Glass. They did an episode where they looked into cell phone radiation specifically. Okay. And they had a guest podcast host, this author from GQ magazine, who okay. wrote an article about is cell phone, this is 2005, right? Okay, so this is yeah. a while ago now. Yeah. And it's just more people are getting cell phones and that sort of thing. And he's a parent. Okay. And he's like, should I really worry? And as he started, and we'll link to it, you can find it in the show notes. It's a fascinating listen. Even today, he started going through and looking at the literature. Okay. And what he found is that industry studies on average, 90% of them will show no harm, right? Because they're incentivized and other yeah. things. But when you go and look at the research from independent organizations yeah, right. and you go outside the US and you go to Europe and other countries, you start to see now that the vast majority, depending on the study and what they're looking for, are showing harm and damage inside the body. That's right. One thing that I, we in my team did at the beginning is to read every single paper that is published out there. And I'm not going to say names, but uh, we started finding... You can say names. I don't have any sponsors I, on this podcast. So yeah, anybody I mean, you want to call I, I, out is fine. <laughs> I don't want to say it in a bad way. Yeah. So we found this doctor. Okay, got uh, it. This doctor. And we have like 150 papers from this doctor. And he was concerned about the healthy, uh, the health issue with radiation. So it turns out that we read the papers, really difficult papers. Again, a lot of engineering, a lot of physics and some biology. But at the end of the day, this paper says that radiation is okay, but we can be exposed. One thing that my team and I did is, who is this doctor? Who's writing the paper? Who's, who, yeah, who's? We wanted to know where the money is coming from, who is this guy, and why is he writing this? Well, let me tell you, it turns out that he's a doctor in engineering. We thought that he was a medical doctor. Hmm. so. And no, it turns out that he's a doctor. So that means he has a PhD in engineering. That's right. Okay. Yep. That's right. Then, which is not bad. You it's know, not bad. People I mean, understand. Yeah. At the end of the day, but it kind of trick us, and I guess they did it in a, in a way to trick you. But um, because you can put PhD at the end, right? No, mm -hmm. he put doctor. So it turns out that he used to work for a cell phone company, Motorola, mm -hmm. and it turns out that he owns patents on cell phone antennas. Wow. And it turns out that, um, yeah, he's profiting with those things. And he's the one is actually giving the standards to different countries so they can have the levels of radiation there. So one thing that we learn is that 
not just because it's written out there, it means that it's right. We really need to scrutinize people. One thing that we did in my society where we used to, to work, it's so sad, but it got defunded. Um, that was we, a sleep institute. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, we didn't allow anybody to dictate what we can do. Mm-hmm. If you give us money, then you're not allowed to tell us how to use the money. Um, that is important because that makes scientists to work in a way that we can just get the answers. We wanted to know, is radiation bad or is good? We don't know, but if somebody will meddle with money and and just taint it, we wouldn't have the answer. So I think I want to ask a question that I think a lot of our listeners are wondering. So if that's the case, who do you trust? Are there that's, organizations that are out there? One thing I like is that you guys on your Instagram account, which again, we'll link in the show notes, uh, you post different studies on there that you're reading, yeah. right? But who do you trust? Are there are there organizations that are out there? They're not organizations like per se. We wanted, I wanted to ask the people to, to help Even us with Even advocacy that. groups, is there anybody that's kind of filtering stuff? Is there institutions around the world that's putting out good information that you trust? But, but let's remember, we need to do more research. Mm-hmm. So we don't have, that's what we don't have. We don't have the clean money for good research just to know what is the reality. So you were gonna give us a list of maybe a couple people that might be out there that you look up to or that yeah, have at least some additional information. One doctor that I really admire so much is Oli Johansson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually, he's been uh, educating himself a lot in this area. And where's he based out of? I think I think that he's in Denmark. I'm okay, not sure. Okay. It's, it's in one of the We countries. can look him up and yeah. include him in the notes. Yeah, but it, yeah. He, he's an honest, a human being, an honest researcher, mm-hmm. and he's been giving us a lot of honest information in this area. Great. With no agendas behind. Sure. That is what we need to ask. We need to ask somebody doesn't want or have an agenda. Well, behind. not every agenda is bad. Like, uh, yeah, for yeah. example, you're right, you're right. you have an agenda, I have an yeah. agenda. I want people to learn about yeah. this because I've seen the impact of it. You know, Dr. Hyman has had patients who come to his our medical center at the Ultra Wellness Center yeah. who are like, I moved and all these symptoms started happening and that, and they investigated further. And we don't have the ability to do metering like you That's had, right. but they said that they moved to, one person had moved to this apartment where like right underneath was like a massive, I don't know exactly what it was, but okay. right underneath their apartment was some major source of electricity and voltage. Okay. So they so so they had told him, go live somewhere else for a little while. You know, they had the resources to do that. Not everybody does. Okay, yeah. And the patient was like, I feel so much better. And it's like, okay, look, we don't have the evidence to prove it. We don't have the meters to do it, but we think based on all the literature that's out there, yeah. Maybe there's some damage that's happening at night. So if you can avoid that place, it's there. So yeah. having an agenda is not bad. It's just that your agenda yeah. is known. You're right. You have an agenda. You want to spread this yeah, out there. That's right. right. It's the hidden agenda that's the problem. The, the hidden agenda. Yes. Yeah. The one is trying to trick people. Right. Yeah, that's the one that we don't like. So. so is there anything else out there, biggest bang for the buck, where you already gave some at night for people. Yeah. If there's any other lasting message that's out there besides just reducing exposure, is there one takeaway that you'd like to leave our audience with? During the day, yes. Um, we have to be exposed because we live in an electromagnetic uh, king world now. Yes. Um, but if I want to work out, let's try not to work out and let's try not to run underneath power lines. So 
usually power lines are going to be in one side of the street, run in the other side of the street. It's that, that measurable. Makes, that makes a huge difference. Wow. Yeah. Try not to, to go and work out and have a Bluetooth uh, device hooked into your heart. Or your cell phone strapped or your to cell your arm. Phone here. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, if you want to listen to music while you're, uh, um, you're running, put it in airplane mode and, or don't put them close to your body. Yeah. So, so many things that we can do. I guess that, <laughs> sorry. Um, um, let's try to remember one thing that we didn't we didn't live for so many centuries with this technology sure this is and a new experiment we, yeah and we didn't die yes. back in those days people weren't miserable just because and when they people didn't put away it. for their phones like the, like no cell phone weekends like leave your cell phone at your house tell your family your schedule like i'll come back in the middle of the day yeah. if there's an emergency yeah, or whatever right. you feel actually so much happier not just because you you're not do. exposed but because the notifications the notifications yeah. constantly interrupt your weekend yeah and they put you in a place where your brain is looking for that and you can't actually be present in the moment. You, you so can just putting your phone productive. away on the weekends. You can't be productive. Yeah. We, we did a study uh, measuring production and lack of sleep. Uh, we didn't know about radiation back in those days. Right. But when you have lack of sleep and going to the point, imagine that you have notifications at 12 a.m., 1 a.m., at 5 a.m., sure. um, you're not going to be really Sleeping productive. Well. Yeah. So uh, if you ask them, hey, are you productive? They're going to tell you, of course I'm productive. <laughs> but if we, if we measure 30% down the production. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Dr. Ritter, there's so much more we can go into. We're just going to have to have you back. <laughs> oh, we have a hard all, stop here at our time period that's here. Uh, I want to talk about the work you guys are doing. You came yeah. to L.A. to actually... Uh, actually, California, because you're yeah. working on a couple homes. That's right. Somebody who found you and was like, you know, desperate to want to have you guys yes. come in. So you do fly around there. Yeah. Um, right now, obviously, as more people get trained, the cost comes down. We always want to be real. That's right. That's it's right. not always, you know, measuring your home is not that expensive. I think that it's like 800, 1,000, depending That's on right. how much it costs. Yeah. Measuring your home, you guys can send people wherever, you know, That's right. around there. But it's the remediation that often can be a little is, bit costly. Yeah. Right? If you imagine a house that's about 3,000 square foot, the average remediation prices would be what? Well, we try to remediate the rooms. The where, rooms, the bedroom especially. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever we wanted to do, let me just talk about that. Yes. Maybe not so much. I'm not going to be really good in the pricing Yeah, that's area. fine. That's fine. But uh, whatever I wanted to tell people is remediation is actually go hands to hand with, with what we found. Right. Every house is going to be different. So yes. we have every source is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And for people who can, just as a reminder, go back and listen to the things that we said earlier. You could turn off your Wi Fi. Yeah. You can turn off your phone. You can even shut off the electricity in your house. And those are already going to be a massive oh, that's gonna difference be that's out there. Because then you're not going to produce anything inside of that house. Sure. So sure. every device is going to be unplugged. There's so many stuff it's coming a, from external. That's the and second that, problem. And that, and that, those costs may be reduced over time as we develop better drywall with things built into it well, and buildings yeah. from scratch yeah well, right I'm now the sure. real thing is you have to work with somebody like you yeah or somebody that you certify that goes in and actually tells people what to do whatever we have to do is i have to know exactly what type of radiation is coming from where yes and yes. latitude and longitude i have to be as specific as that yeah and we have to actually kind of build a, a cocoon in in the in the room right um 
where the wall is the one that absorbs radiation. Right. It tries to prevent radiation to leak inside, but we know that that's going to be impossible. Radiation yes. is going to leak. It's going to come in. Um, yeah. We're just going to take the teeth out of the, the radiation. Yeah, so it's not as, not as big right. of a bite. But now whatever we have to do is we have to make those wall absorbent. We have tricks to do that. Yeah. But if you see, every wall is going to be different. It's going to be kind of like a, it's not exactly like this, but low pressure and high pressure. Whatever I have to do is I have to see in this room, where's going to be the walls that I have to make so much with so much pressure to radiation in order to push radiation to the other side. Yeah. And it can be absorbed. That is the trick. So shielding has to go with that. Where the radiation is coming from, where's going to be my escape route? Because just because you put shielding everywhere, well, if you put shielding everywhere with no knowing all these details, you can trap radiation. If you trap radiation, now you make it worse. So right. you spend money and and whatever you just did. And that's where it's like you have to understand all the layers of sophistication right. for that's it. That's right. Yeah. And now you you got yourself in a microwave oven where radiation is just bouncing everywhere and being absorbed by the humans. And if anybody wants to see kind of you doing the meter in a house and showing that, I want to I'm going to link to the clip. Okay. And on YouTube, we'll actually Patrick will include the clip from our Broken Brain 2 docu series where Dr. Ritter was in our friend JP's house. So you can continue. If you're listening on podcasts, just click on the YouTube video below and you can continue to watch that in the full length interview that we have there. Perfect. Dr. Ritter, we're going to have to leave it there for right now. Perfect. Your team is there and available for people if they have questions, yeah. if they want to get certified, if they want to, you know, if they have the resources to yeah. have their home, especially if you're in Texas, Austin, that yeah. whole area, you guys do a ton of homes there. Uh, yeah, so they can reach a... out at EMF Nights yes. and contact your team and talk with Kelly, Kelly and Jones they can is... have you guys come out and, and do some uh, measuring and remediation in their home. Exactly. This well, has been fantastic. It is a pleasure for me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for breaking things down oh, so I, clearly. I'm so glad. And letting me interrupt you a hundred times. No, that's, a, to that's really perfect. Get the that's perfect. <laughs> um, and I really do hope that this becomes a major part, just like we think of nutrition. Yeah. You know, and just like we think of re ex reducing our exposure to toxins in water. That's right. This is just as important as a topic, if not more important because yeah. of the extreme amounts of uh, exposure that are happening and are going to continue to happen as 5G rolls out. Dr. Ritter, thank you for coming on oh, the book. Thank you for inviting us. <laughs>